Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hayden. I'm working at- An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Welcome, everybody, to Friday, Party Friday, that is, and a windy day here in Colorado, Chuck and Julie Chuck and Julie show, True Straight Up, brought to you by AmericaCitizenPress.com and Cynogenics and Dr. Uh, Denver Cynogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, we got a lot, as always, I always say, we've got a lot going on. We always do. Mark Poff, I see he's here in the waiting room. He'll be coming in about um, 3.20 to talk about this really kind of staggering study done by the Common Sense Institute. Now, I have some questions about the Common Sense Institute, but the study on crime in Colorado, it's not your imagination. If you think it's outrageous, if you think that it's bad, it's worse than you even think. So we'll be talking to Mark about that, get his input on that, and hoping to get Dave Williams here in a second, too. Thomas, if you want to go ahead and give him a call. Big news from Dave Thomas. Um, he is with us online, too. Dave that Williams, was- honey. Dave Thomas. Is oh, Joe Dave Thomas. Is <laughs> Sorry, Dave, that was bad. <laughs> but no, actually, before we bring Dave, the, the reason, Dave, actually, there was a, a reason for that years ago before I evolved. Um, so I know a little bit of what you're in for. Um, Dave Thomas was a Democrat. He was a district attorney in Jefferson County, ran for Congress in um, what was then CD7 against Bob Prey and lost. And I have to say, I had been a reporter covering politics for years, and even I was dismayed. I mean, basically, Dave's job was to sit in a room, right? And he would be on the phone. The, the money guy would be dialing. Dave couldn't even dial. He'd be dialing the phone, handing it to Dave, and Dave would say, can you give Hi. me money? <laughs> it's like, I was like, holy cow, running for Congress. It's not just uh, running around giving speeches and kissing babies, uh, but you're no. jumping in, huh? Yeah, yeah, I um, I got a lot of congratulations and a lot of condolences. <laughs> I, I certainly, I certainly understand that. And you're not, you're not off. Uh, a lot of, a lot of campaigning is getting on the phone and, you know, uh, asking people to help, you know, uh, assist the campaign financially because you know our campaigns don't run on hopes and dreams. They they run on cash. So. Right. Um, that's, that's the deal, but I'm, I'm happy that I made the leap because there's a, it's time for a change. Well, you know, let me ask you about that. Um, cause I know we've, we've talked with you, you know, cause we think you're great. We have long thought you were great at the Colorado house. And, and I know you've talked about, I know this is something you've been thinking about what made you decide to finally go ahead and do it and challenge Doug Lamborn. You know, it was a lot of little stuff uh, that kind of built up. You know, for for years, uh, Congressman Lamborn has uh, been ineffective and and not all that great. But one of the you know one of the things that people I think mistakenly um, um, talk about with respect to Doug is that well, he's a reliable vote, and that's you know one of the biggest you know tricks and and dishonest uh, gimmicks that. You know, he's pushed for years. You know, he's voted right. Well, if you actually look at his voting record, it's not all that great. Um, He's voted to expand government in so many ways and to take away liberties in so many ways that you'd be surprised. And I look forward to having that conversation with the district and letting them know that, you know, you can you can stick with an ineffective guy that lost face command or, you know, since we have a new district, you can go ahead and elect a new congressman. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a practical matter. How do you get the, the word out? I mean, you've got Colorado Politics and the Colorado Sun, both of which you'll write negative, have written negative articles about you, although they're also writing negative about Doug Lamborn. So maybe they, <laughs> they offset because they really want a Democrat and they don't like Republicans of whatever shade or color. Um, but how do you get your word out there to, to all the people? I mean, you're well known within within a within a, a circle of people. You're you Anyone represent part of the district, uh-huh. um, but how do you get the rest of them to kind of wake up one day and go, "Wait a minute, Lamborn hadn't done a thing. He's not on the Trump wagon. He's he's on the Mitch McConnell, Liz Paul Cheney. Ryan, Liz Cheney, yeah." 
Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? Well, everyone yeah. is doing it. Isn't there three or four other people <laughs> right. <are> also running? <laughs> well, well I, I think, look, the, the fact of the matter is this. The, the choice is going to come down between myself and Congressman Lamborn. There's going to be yeah. two options on the ballot, and we're going to, you know, have to fundraise money. You know, one way to get around, you know, the earned media, the traditional media, yeah. the press, is you got to go uh, talk to the people yourself, and you do that through you know various ways. You do it in person, which is the best way, but you also have TV commercials, uh, mail pieces, radio uh, program, literature distribution. I mean, this is all why it's important uh, for for a candidate like me to sit in a nondescript room with no window and beg for money. <laughs> right? That's kind of that's kind of the way yeah. the way the way it goes. Yeah. You know, let me ask you about Doug Lamborn because I want to. Um, pursue this because I think here's where you find out just how awful votes can be and that voting has consequences. So when Congress, when the Republicans in Congress were considering a, a while back now to, to center list Cheney, to oust Liz Cheney, um, every other congressional Colorado congressional representative told how they voted, right? For instance, the Democrat, that Ken Buck said, I think he supported her and yeah. he said that yeah. and didn't, you know, that was it. Lauren Boebert voted um, against it and she did fine there too. And we were even at a, a, a fundraiser where Liz Cheney was there for Lauren Boebert, but right. Lauren Boebert yeah. is like, hey, Liz Cheney is not doing it. And Doug Lamborn refused to say, I specifically called his office and said, what was his vote? And they said, well, we're not going to tell you. I'm like, what do you mean you're not going to tell us? And they said, well, it's private. Well, I think that's your first mailer, you know, vote against Liz Cheney, Republican, Doug Lamborn. Well, it's just not even Republican, as we heard in the soundbite the other night. Liz Cheney now refers to Republicans as being on the other side of the aisle. I mean, but, she's open. So, Doug, I guess I'm going with this, Doug Lamborn's failure to, to vote against her, because that's the only way you can interpret his refusal to answer, puts essentially another Democrat on the January well, I, 6th <laughs> committee attacking the president. Quite frankly, if, if, if I was you. Uh, that's all I do is just tie her to Liz Cheney, tie him to Liz Cheney. That's that's understandable. People get who Liz Cheney is. Yeah. You know, you, you can argue about lots of of um, various causes and everything else, but it's it's real simple. He refuses to say how he voted for Liz Cheney, which means he voted for Liz Cheney. Right. Do not let another Liz Cheney Republican go back to Congress. And I guess I'd pound that every day, all day. Because that's one way somebody knows. I mean, oh, I get that. Um, uh, that would be, I would spend every penny I had if I was you pounding on that. Well, Chuck, rest assured, I'll be talking about that, plus all the other things that he's been doing. Because it's, it, 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 again, it's really uh, interesting once you pull back the onion and see, you know, all the stuff that's underneath, you get to know who these people are, um, and their voting records don't lie. And, yeah. you know, one of the things about the Liz Cheney vote is that I think his silence speaks volumes. The fact yes. that he won't tell anyone, you yes. know, he didn't have the guts to say where he was at, kind of shows you that he probably made the wrong uh, choice. And he knows he did it. make the wrong choice. Um, you, you know, the, 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 but, you know, the fact remains is that it's a, it's a moral imperative. It's a moral necessity that we, that we switch horses at this juncture. This guy's been in office for eight terms, going on 16 years now. And what have we, what do we have to yeah. go for? We Shut lost up. space command. We lost space command and um, a voting record uh, that doesn't match up with the will and desires of the district. Um, you know, I'm, I, what I really, really don't like about politics, like many of your listeners here, is that you have politicians who say one thing on the campaign trail and then they do another once they actually get into office. Hypocrisy is one of the biggest issues we have. Right. Some high time that, that we hold these guys accountable. And I guarantee you this, um, I'm going to hold him accountable because it's not right for him to enrich himself and use taxpayer resources to let, you know, for instance, his son live in the basement of the Capitol right. rent free while everyone else has to you know, work and earn for a um, We're talking to Dave Williams. He's the representative from the College Springs area in the state house. And he's announced uh, for the, um, what, which congressional district is it? Five? Fifth congressional. Fifth, Fifth congressional yeah. district, which includes Colorado Springs. Um, and it's a plus 20 Republican district. Um, so if you win the primary, you all likelihood win the 
um, the general election. And, I, I, and he's I, announced that he's running for Congress, challenging, yes, challenging the incumbent, incumbent Doug, Doug Lamborn. But I, but I think if, if you were able to win this primary, you'd become oh. the voice of, of what I'll call the MAGA caucus or the MAGA um, group in Colorado. You could, you could, everybody's been looking for somebody, at least the grassroots is, just one person who will represent them and care about the state. And quite frankly, Loper, uh, Lauren Bobitz deserted us. I mean, she has got plenty of her own problems, but she certainly has not been a voice for grassroots in Colorado. She's, she's missing in action. Um, and maybe she's got other fights to do. But to have one person um, would have been, would one person, which would be you, that people who believe in the grassroots, believe in the America first principles and all that could rally around and could, in fact, it has the guts. And I know you do. You do, you've done it a thousand it. Yeah. times. Um, and I think it would change. It would change politics in Colorado. And I think it, it really would push would. Ken Buck, too, a little bit. So no, it wouldn't. Ken Buck, you know. Ken you, Buck no, you don't think so well. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I joke around with, uh, you know, many of my supporters. And I, I tell them, you know, if you like Lauren Bober, wait, wait till you get a load of me. Right. In Washington. Um, well, at least so, you know, here, here, here's, here's what I'll, I'll tell, you know, your listeners here. If, you know, if anyone knows my record, you'll know right away that, you know, my goal has been to always advance America first, conservative grassroots uh, values. That's who I am. And that's what I've done for the past, you know, nearly six years now as I've been in the state house. And so I have a proven track record, you know, unlike yeah. Doug, who is just self-serving. This is a man. He, who, has, he has a proven you know, track record. It just stinks. <laughs> so he doesn't like anyone to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a self it's a self serving record and you know it's come high time that we hold them accountable for voting poorly and for being investigated by the FBI for insider trading for letting his son live in the Capitol basement to letting you know or forcing his staffers to buy him Christmas gifts or move his vacation furniture you know Congress in Washington that might have been good for Doug Landborn for the past fifteen years but it has been good for the voters of. Uh, the fifth uh, congressional district and, well, and you know, right. times time change. And I think here's the thing too, is, and again, your record speaks for itself. You and Patrick Neville, your voting record speaks for itself. You guys go out there and you take on the tough issues. You represent what I would call the grassroots mega kind of America first movement or the people in the movement, um, knowing that you're going to take flack and you don't care. You say it anyway. You don't, you're not like Doug Lamborn, who's like, well, I'm just not going to say, cause you don't want to be criticized. I think people know what you stand for. And I think we are in this country right now. We're in a fight for the future of this country. And we can't have any more people like Doug Lamborn and frankly, sometimes like Ken Buck, who, who just, they don't do anything, right? They just kind of, you know, wishy-washiness that we don't have any room for wishy-washy Republicans who just want to feather their nests and get rich off of the congressional experience. We need fighters in there. Um, well, and- we've got an opportunity here in you. And I, I think, you know, if somebody's thinking about contributing money to the Republican side, I suggest they give it to you. Um, and also Lori Sane. Yeah. Um, if we have Lori Sane in the eighth and you in the fifth, um, the Republican Party would cease to be the, the, the incredibly inept KBB bought out party uh, for the donors. I mean, it would make all the difference in the world. There's not, there's not a lot of races that make all the difference in the world. And yours would, along with Lori Sane in eight. Well, and it's by some miracle, Laurel Eimer in seven, right? I mean, all of a sudden, oh, she's 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 got yeah, and she'd be great, but but you know the odds race, are, yeah. are pretty are pretty long against her. Uh, I, I think she's wonderful, and I and I really hope she wins. But I, I think Dave, having in fact his own base of support in Larimer County, I mean in El Paso, El Paso. County, um, and and Lamborn having not uh, done anything, everybody, and Lauren Bobert showing how it's done. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's incredibly important. I'm glad you did this. I know it was, you know, we had, let me ask you this, Steve, one of our listeners was saying, Hey, he thought you might run for Senator or governor. What, I mean, there are plenty of, you know, what made you decide to go this way, which I support by the way, but what was factored into the decision? Well, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into a decision like this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was approached. I mean, I was approached for a number of, 
of different offices. You, and, people are begging you, know, you, can you run for this? Can you run for this? And you're like, no, no, yeah, no. I, no they, they kind of, they, they, they kind of, they kind of did. And I, you know, if you asked me seven months ago, you know, I, that I'd be here right now running for Congress, giving up, you know, an easier reelection bid to the state house, uh, I would have, I would have said you're crazy, but you know, time, you know, six, six, seven months, that's an eternity in politics. And yeah, I had people approach me for governor, secretary of state, treasurer. Um, uh, I don't think I actually had anyone approach me about United States Senate, but you know, there, there were those, you know, possibilities and very good, you know, possibilities of gaining support for those races, even after, you know, Heidi Ganahl and, and Greg Lopez got into the race. I mean, that's, you know, that it, it's obviously nice to know that you're liked, but yeah. at the end of the day, I wanted to, I wanted to support and serve my community here in the fifth CD because we, we desperately need it. We, we have a do nothing congressman, do nothing Doug who right. uh, serves himself and, you know, doesn't even vote right. I mean, if you voted right, that, you know, I might, might be able to forgive some of the, some things that he's going uh, and doing, but you know, it's just too much, you know, an ethics investigation. And, and by the way, it's not, it's not the Democrats pushing this. If you read the committee uh, announcement, it's a, both a Republican and a Democrat signed off on investigating uh, Doug further. So there's, there's merit to, to the allegations that have been made. And we don't even really know all of the allegations. We kind of suspect some of them, but you know, chances are that it's worse than than what has already been reported. And I, I think it's a shame that it took my announcement to trigger the press to actually report that he's being yeah. investigated by the Ethics uh, Committee on Ethics. Yeah, well, that, that was great. And while attacking you, um, <laughs> they, they, could, they could attack they could attack Doug, which really, which is great. I mean, right. it, it'd been be- it's better than if it had just been nice to you and that was it, because they really got the charges out against him um, up front. Right. And and you certainly uh, came across as an American first kind of person, which the press hates. But that was clear. But that's so, what the voters in El Paso County. So want, I don't so. think you could have had better publicity in its own bizarre way. I mean, it really it really did well. Um, but it's it's and I think you have a, you know, a the chance of a Republican being governor or senator and getting through that are pretty, pretty daunting for anybody. Um, but I think you have the best chance in your district, as is represented. Um, and if you do win, and and you don't you don't go swampy, um, it'll be all the difference in the world in Colorado. You could take along with Lori Sane and take our party back. We're all of a sudden we don't have the Christy Burton Browns um, endlessly taking us to the left uh, with her left wing chairs like Nick Kleberstein. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be, be fascinating. Great. So I really. I'm so excited you're running. Um, excited about Ron Hanks running. So at least we have some candidates. It's not. It's not all just rhinos, and that's that's important. Well, you got a you got a choice on the ballot now, and that's yeah. you know that's what's important. And you know I I love Lori Sane to death. She she's a, a wonderful gal, and I you know she uh, certainly has my support. And I if you haven't already gotten her on the program, get her on there. Oh, we already yeah, we've had We we had it. We had a, we had a nickname for her, uh, and it you know and it was it was very apt. I I tell you what, I never wanted to be a Democrat in her way. We called her Hurricane Sane. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hurricane Sane. So yeah. she she was she meant business down there, and that's the kind of tenacity that she'll bring uh, to Washington. And I hope I hope to serve with her. Uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives. Well, you well guys I, think too, I think people need to watch for it too as we go through this is take a look at who's going to be donating to Doug Lamborn. Take a, we need to take a look at where is his money coming from? He's been in Congress, what, 16 years, hasn't done a darn thing, hasn't done anything for Colorado. It'll be, it'll be the usual defense contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, and that's going to tell you something. And then I think take a look, Dave, because I got to imagine your money's going to come from a lot. I mean, and I, this is my, I'll, I'll make a pitch for you. Dave is going to need our help, guys. He, your money, I imagine, is going to come from a lot of individual supporters, yes, yeah. places like that. You're not going to have the giant corrupt swamp support, but Lamborn is. That's what he's been doing for the past 15 years. So well, I was surprised. He only has a little less than a half million yeah. in the bank, at least according to the, the reports I read. That's not a lot for an eight-term incumbent one. I'm sure he'll get more in now. Well, but I think it's, uh, well not- you know, well, when you, you know what? When you don't 
when you don't fight and you don't help anyone, you, should, you know, you shouldn't really be surprised. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll sell out to the you know establishment of, of the world in Washington, but they certainly, you know, it's not like they're in love with him. So no. I, I don't even understand. I don't even understand his calculus. Yeah. You know, look at look at Laura. Look at Laura. Hey Dave, we're starting to lose you, and I know you have a. We're starting to lose you. I know you have a meeting you have to get to. So we're thirty. Yeah, three. So how do how do people contribute to uh, your campaign and help Find you out? Because you. you're you're this this is an exciting Vis- day. For- Vis- yeah, no, thank you. Vis- visit Dave.com. That's DaveForColorado.com, and I'll tell you how to donate. All right. That sounds all right, great. all right. Dave for Colorado.com, everybody. Em. Thank you, Dave. Hey, call us anytime. We are anything we can do to support you. We're there. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Dave Williams. We got a ton of comments. People are. I want to read one in particular. Oh. Um, move it down a little bit. Um, Back up or yeah, this? Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, it's, it's about the chair saying there. There it is. It's okay. Dr. Donna. Our chair is saying only candidates who will do as they are told, run their campaigns as he sees fit, will be candidates. He is also changing the bylaws. He created them, and on my PC and on my PCs get to vote on what he says is the best for them. Well, Donna, type in who your chair is. You're talking about your county chair, right? No, what? Well, I don't know what you're talking about, okay. or maybe ED chair or whatever it is. Okay. But, but let us have. Who is it, Donna? And this is from Jim. Taking out the rhinos like Doug in a primary is the best application of term limits. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, Let's see. Jim, I agree. Some of the incumbents win re-election handily. The deck is stacked against the challengers. That's right. Um, Some solid choices. People have got a ton of comments. You guys, we read them all. Sometimes it's hard to keep going. And Donna says her chairperson is? Ron Weinberg from Larimer County. Is that Larimer County, Dr. Donna? I think it's El Paso. No, I think it's, I is think it Larimer? it's, I think it's Larimer. Yep. Yep. yep Larimer. Yeah. Okay. All well, right. you have a series of, of chairs that, that are left wing that, that have gotten run. Ron Weinberg's one of them, Nick Klebenstein, Stu Parker. They're all the same. They're all the same. Young, aggressive, and Democrats. Really, and Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Remember um, we told you that's a Democrat strategy. So, um, and the reason why the Democrats need to cheat like that is for the, what we're going to be talking about in the next topic. We've got our um, friend and expert, Mark Poff, um, former El Paso County Sheriff Deputy. Um, Mark, if you want to go ahead and turn it on, I called him and said, hey, we got to talk about this. So you, it's been in the news a lot lately. Hey, first, Mark, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. You got your party Friday shirt yeah, on. Yeah, I got the party. You got the Honolulu shirt on. It is Friday, man. All is well. <laughs> there we go. So it's a study put out by the Common Sense Institute, which I looked at their board of directors and I went, yeah. Um, but it was I, a, I know the, I know the founder of it. They know, and and it was um, Mitch Morrissey, a former Denver DA Democrat, and George Brockler, Florida, former 18th Judicial DA, did something. What they did is they compiled a study on crime statistics in Colorado. And I mean, and I was astonished. I mean, that's what I've been saying. If you thought it was bad, it's worse. I mean, just a couple of things. Colorado has the highest property rate in crime property. Wait, let me do this again. Colorado has the highest property crime rate in the country, up 135% since 2010, worst in the nation for porch pirates. I mean, these are crimes that affect everybody, not just going to homicides up like 82%. I mean, this, I mean, crime is up all over the place, significantly up and up in ways that it's, you know, impacts pretty much everybody. Um, what was, and I asked you, hey, take a look at this. What was your take right. on it? I, I love the document. And, and as you know, I'm not a big fan of George Brockler uh, yeah. because of some things in the past, but he did fire the guy that I hated. So maybe, maybe he's trying to get on the right track. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting. I love the document. I think it's awesome that it came from a place called the Common Sense Institute, because it is so much common sense in this report on understanding why crime is going up. But the real question is, why are property crimes going up? Because since COVID, you know, everyone's been staying home. So you'd think that a lot of these property crimes would go down. And it has in some other states, but it's skyrocketing in Colorado. And when you read through the document, and I would encourage everyone to read through the document, it's got a lot of great facts. And that's how I'm driven as a retired detective. I'm driven driven by um, facts. And it, it, it does lay out 
what I refer to as the common sense. Cause you know, one of the first things you get in law enforcement and Chuck, you probably got this when, when you went to law school is the whole judicial triangle, you know, and they all talk about this. And as cops, you know, we talk about this all the time is kind of like the circle of violence. If you want to call it the circle <laughs> of life, like lion King or whatever. So you have the cops out there on the street and what are we doing? We're fighting crime and putting bad guys in jail. Then you hand it over to the judicial system and then, or the courts, and then they convict these individuals, and then they send them to prisons, and then the correction institute, you know, keeps them in prison, which keeps us safe until they get out on parole or, or whatever, or they do their time. And then guess what? They hand it back to law enforcement who end up arresting <laughs> the same people. And it starts over again in the circle of <laughs> so the circle. And the only time that we're safe as citizens are when they're sitting in prison. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the only time that you're making society safer is when you're holding people accountable for their actions. So if the whole triangle breaks down, if cops aren't enforcing the law, that's a problem. If you have the judicial system that are putting them back on the street with these zero bonds or $1 bonds, I didn't realize there was $1 bonds. So if you're going to get arrested, make sure you have a dollar bill in your wallet. Right. You can pose your bond. Or if the, the corrections, which is kind of driven by the governor, starts letting everybody out early. And, and this document actually talks about all three of this, or, or two of the three for the most part, is if you're going to do these dollar bonds and let everybody back out, that's insane. Yeah. And then if you don't send them to prison, that's insane. And then if you let them out early on parole, which this talks about, right. you know, the big increase in parole, is anybody surprised Right. Our crime is skyrocketing in Colorado. And to be honest with you, I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling on about that's this okay. stuff. No, it's good. But the thing that drives me crazy is, is that this document is based on facts on the cost, the cost yeah. of crime, if you want to call it that. And, and that's great. And you have to show the facts to show that these liberals are screwing the whole system up and you have these facts. But the facts you can't really show in a document. And they, they refer to it as the intangibles. And that's what I kind of like is for me, I don't really care about the cost. If somebody steals my car, I get it. You know, I have insurance, so I'll get a new car. So there is a financial you cost. A new one. Yeah, not, not <laughs> with a supply chain issue. <laughs> well, that, that's true. I'll be waiting for my new car. But the problem is, why do we have government? I mean, this is from Steve. This would be this from Steve. The number one job of government is to keep law abiding citizens safe from criminals and lawbreakers and they're failing miserably. Exactly. The number one reason. And, and I'm going to I want to read something from the Declaration of Independence. Okay. The, the second sentence. I'll get to that right here in a second. But the reason we have government, the, the reason we do is to protect us. I shouldn't have to carry a gun. Now, that's going to bring up a whole other issue that I don't no, think. No, you should have here. to carry it. Well, but theoretically. Right, but the thing is, I should be able to walk out of my house and put up Christmas lights or whatever it is I want to do. You know, when they talk about this whole um, pursuit of happiness is, is basically we should feel secure that we can go to the bank or whatever and not have to, you know, arm ourselves. But we have to, which is why we have, you know, the Second Amendment it is the ability of if the government's going to fail us. You know, why are guns such a hot subject? And why are all the Democrats buying guns? Right. It, it's because they recognize, same as us, this really goes beyond, you, you know, parties. Everybody's recognizing our government is failing us. I think they're doing it on purpose because that's, that's, that's not why they had the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment well, was to allow us to overthrow the government. Well, let's, maybe, maybe tyrannical. To read that's this. the point of the Second Amendment. <laughs> and, and I'll read this now. We all know the, the beginning of the Declaration of Truth. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I won't go with the Biden version. Um, <laughs> that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Of these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So the, the number one thing they talk about in, in the Declaration of Independence is, hey, you're to keep us safe in, in this whole pursuit of happiness. Now, I like I got the, the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. That's a really important part. The consent of the governed is we're allowing, we're allowing you to do this. So the right. next sentence, which is really the part that nobody, you know, they, the government doesn't want us to read. They want us to stop there and say, don't worry about it. There's mm-hmm. no issues. 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of right. these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and mm -hmm. to institute new government right. laying its foundation on such principles and organize its powers in such form as to be seen most likely to affect their safety and happiness. There you so, go. So you need a document like this that lists the, the facts, you know, how, how much is, is right. crime actually impacting us. But the bottom line is, and I, and, and I, I actually do want to refer to some stuff in the document because it's great, it, it is the problem is I have, to, I have to arm up whenever I go outside because they're not there. They're not doing their job. They're not well, doing their jobs. And well, this, well, let me just rattle off some statistics. I mean, because this and this document, and I know we've had a lot of conversation over here about George Brockler, and we all, all yeah. of us have had issues with George Brockler. I'm not on the a fan other of hand, George though, <laughs> on the other hand, though, you know, don't shoot the messenger, I guess, is, is what I'm yeah. saying. But when you look at it, and because the Beth McCann, the Denver DA, is trying to blame this on the pandemic, but this was going on before the pandemic. I mean, when you look at it, the 2021 crime rate is 28% higher than 2011 in both violent and property crimes, highest since 1994. The uh, violent crime in Colorado, because this is important to note. People think, oh, this is, we see stuff going on in San Francisco, New York. No, it's worse here than there, really. Violent crime rate is outpacing the national average by more than a thousand percent, the violent crime. Then you go back to this statistic I also thought was interesting because it's something I've been talking about for years. Of those arrested in Denver in 2021, 65% <laughs> had been arrested before and one in three had been arrested five times since 2018. And, and now I think, you know, criminals oh in God. Denver don't stay in Denver. So in the past three years, one in what is it one in three of the people arrested in denver had been arrested at least five times what are they doing and that, that gets back to the pr bond and all of that stuff you talked about i mean it is a conscious deliberate policy yes. choice they're making yes but dangerous violent criminals and this here's another thing I'm, and then i'm ranting and you can so you've got idiot <laughs> Idiot Phil hunting. Weiser, you're, you're listening. Idiot oh. Phil Weiser, our AG, who was supporting a bill just a little while ago to make fentanyl a misdemeanor, is now holding news conferences as we have record fentanyl overdose deaths in Colorado to get tough on it. It's like, Phil, you want to bash him on the head and say, you moron, what did you think would happen when you made this crime a misdemeanor? Okay, yeah, now they, they can't help themselves. You know, when you talk about the liberals and everything's coming back to haunt them. When, when I heard the mayor of San Francisco, you know, I love the fact that she said BS right. during her thing. It's like, hey, listen to me really now. I'm going to say BS. You know, do, do we not get a clue? I want to say one thing about Lori Lightfoot so I can say this because I just love this person to death. It's like you have this whole group of individuals saying, listen to me, I want to be the stupidest person on the planet. Yeah. And they're all trying to get to the Lori microphone wins. first. Lori and Lori Lightfoot is without a doubt. I mean, she's got to be the stupidest person on the planet. Yes. When she got to the microphone and said, it's not our fault. It's the vendors. It's the store's faults because they're not hiring more security. They're not, you know, doing all this. That could have been the stupidest thing. Why do these businesses pay taxes? Right. You know, they pay taxes to get the security from law enforcement. To and do what this. would happen if they if did? If they did, right. Then the city would <laughs> sue them. Right? Well, 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 exactly. And then yeah. she'll go after the cops. But this is really what she said. She basically said, this is the same exact thing when people used to say, you know what? You know, if you're going to dress like that, people are probably going to rape you. Well, you know, remember back years ago? Right. When it's, we your said, it's your yeah, fault. It's your fault. You, you dress very provocatively. Right. right. That's, you know, you're, yeah, you're the, the blame as the victim because of the way you dress, you're enticing the right. men to rape you. That's right. really what Lori Lightfoot said in that speech is right. you're not dressed appropriately. You, you know, you, you deserve, deserve to be raped because you're not hiring security. Th that could have been the stupidest thing ever. But I just had to get that out there because that's been making my head explode when she said that, because to me, it's the same thing as blaming the victim for this. But I also want to talk about, you know, they make a big deal about property crimes not being a big deal. So so this homeless guy burns down the Fox Christmas tree. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. We're going to let him out the next day. It, it's a half a million dollar tree, but, but we don't care about that because nobody got hurt. Well, yeah. let me tell you, if you keep taking individuals that are continually doing property crimes 
and you keep letting them out on a dollar. And so if the guys are, you know, on average are arrested five times, I guess they need to carry a five, well, five singles. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Bail five times to get out. These property crimes, you can track this. Yeah. At some point when they're doing a property crime, like you're talking about these grabs on the porches and stuff. What if somebody opens the door and confronts them? Right. Now, all of a sudden, this becomes a violent crime. There is a direct correlation between property crimes turning over to violent crimes. And and one of the points that I really got in this that just I, I mean, I literally looked at this and I couldn't believe it is on page 13. When it said, when it was talking about these PR bonds in Denver increased by 61%, which is actually at the bottom of page 12. But then you go to the next page, PR bond issuance have increased 254% for class two felonies. Wow. Now, speaking of people, what's a class class two felony? That's a second, that's second degree murder. That's (laughs) a, that's a rape, a forced rape. I mean, it's, it's, it's so many violent crimes. I mean, second degree murder. Right. And you're going to let them out on a PR bond? Yeah. Well, and they're talking about nonviolent crimes. We're only going to let nonviolent offenders out? No. That's insane. Well, and not only that, but when I was at Fox, again, Chuck and I have been talking about this for years, and I've been doing stories on this for years. Um, and, and I'll give Mitch Morrissey credit on this. Back several, more about six, seven years ago, yeah, he yeah. talked about this and he said, judges are going to have blood on their hands if they don't knock yeah. this off. Because one of the other things he said is what happens is, so the folks understand the way it works. Like Mark arrests me. I go to court the next morning, usually within a certain period of time. Um, and what there used to be a time when there would be like a little report would come in and the DA's office would have had a chance to argue about what my bond should be. Right. right. But the judges are not letting that happen anymore. The person's showing up in court. They're immediately releasing them on a person over cognizance bond without any information about the background of this person. No attempt, no effort. The DA's can't argue it, but not really that when they do argue it, I saw it. They don't care. You could have somebody, he was, he could be out on, pro, on pro, probation. So he had, could have just posted bond for one violent crime, gets rearrested for carjacking. That was happened in the story I did. And then I'm out on the air bond again. It's You're kind right. of like, and I remember calling the woman that I did this story on and she, and she was terrified. So the guy, I mean, she said, well, he's going to come after me because I'm a witness. And I'm like, right. you know, it's like, it's well, wait, wait, wait a minute, Julie. Whenever you you have to sign a document when you get a PR bond, this is not. Oh, you know, that's right. Yeah. You have to sign a document saying that while you're out on bond, you won't commit a crime. Right. Oh, so, there I mean, you go. And there's actually another crime called violation of PR bond or, or violation of bond restrictions right, right. or something like that, right. which is another charge that you're out on bond and you're committing other crimes. And normally, what would happen is if you went back in and you were out on a bond and you did this, you know, you committed more crime, they didn't give you a bond. Right. So no, they just put like, you, you in know jail. what? You know, it's like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, right. shame on me. How could a judge who's like, wait a minute, you're out on bond and you're committing more crime. You know what? No bond for you. No soup right. for you. No right. bond for you. <laughs> but instead they're just saying, okay, if you do this 50 times, right. for God's sakes, then we'll make, Maybe. It a 20, we'll make it a $20 bond. And we're going to jam you up. Well, and here's the other thing that happens is, is they, the, the PR bond says, you know, it's you swear that you're going to show up. And I, I did stories <laughs> in this too. These people don't show up. It's right. like, I mean, that's a you're a criminal. You've been arrested 80 times. I mean, these guys, they don't have, they don't put in their like Google calendar, oh, courtroom D 215, <laughs> you know, on Tuesday. They don't put that in there. They don't care. And I think that's one of the other problems. And that's why it's getting worse. And I wanted to ask you about this. Well, well, no, okay. Please. Thank you. No, Chuck is a dog. <laughs> Come on, Chuck. <laughs> you know, no, he's forgotten what he was going to no, say. So I'll no. go again. No, I, I mean, all these statistics are are important, and and having this thing, which was paid by some country club Republicans, um, for it is all important. But but it really, you get down to okay, then what? Because that's really the only question. I mean, right. Phil Weiser doesn't even have a political opponent yet. I mean, he's right. he's he's free to go. So uh, it's and then you have you have George Brockler as a co-author who wanted to take all the guns away from you. So after they let everybody out, you wouldn't be able to defend yourself. So, you know, you kind of, oh, great, George, you know, I mean, it's it's just the type of thing that you can kind of go, okay, then what are the solutions? And I suppose you can have another study for that. I can tell you. Go ahead. You tell us, Mark. 
Well, I was just saying that, you know, you can study yourself out the brain. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. The facts are there, which is the yeah, system's yeah. broken. The system's right. broken. And, right. and the way you fix the system is, is you get people in there that'll fix it. Just like yeah. you had someone announcing his campaign. I don't lo- like how Doug Lamborn's doing things. He's represents me. So let's get someone in there that will. Why do you think, you know, and, and I've said, well, I don't even, I hate to even bring up Trump, but there was more um, conservatives probably supporting Trump in 2020 than they were in 2016. Yes. Why is that? Because Trump said in 2016, if you elect me, this is what I'll do. And what did Trump do? He's one he of the, did it, the shock of everyone, including myself. He actually, he actually did what he said he was going to do. And you know what? People love that. People love people in, in politics or, or representing us that say, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then they go do X, Y, and Z. That's why, you know, the Democrats are trying no, to figure out why does, why does everybody like love that. Trump? No, well, no, guess no, what? They, no, no, they don't like that. Well, well, you well, would have a lot more. Well, Trump you... is so unusual because he's, oh, he's one of the rare ones that ever has done that. Most people are happy when they just go, that was just campaign promise. That's why. Right, right exactly. We got two parts. I, I, I campaign, I get elected, then I do what I want. You know, and, yes. and Trump was one of those that actually did what he said yeah, he was going yeah. to do. And he got so, thrown out of office. Yeah, that, that, that's all <laughs> and, and look, look what Polis is doing. And, and I, man, I, I brought up Trump and Polis in the same conversation. What? How can that be? I think Polis was very strategic in his, hey, the epidemic is over. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not going to do the mass mandate. You think he did that because he's smart and, and that's really what he wanted to do? Or was that a political maneuver? Well, it was smart. But, well, because but and we just did maneuver. a story on it. 75% of the population of Colorado is under mass mandates right now. Right, right now. And, and so Denver, Arapaho, everywhere except the more rural counties are in a mass mandate. So it says emergency is over. No need for mass mandates. Oh, great. You got, he's not, he's not a, he's not a DeSantis. It says we're getting rid of these local mandates. Right. Uh, but what we need, we need someone to fix. We need elected officials who represent us to fix the judicial system. And it's not by the crazies in DC that are saying we need to shut down our federal prisons. Right. You know, we, we need to hold these people's hands and understand why they're misguided. Well, guess what? You know what? Ultimately, the problem well, is you're handing out all this free stuff. Stop right. handing well, out free stuff. That's, that's like Beth McCann said. It's the pandemic and it's the mental health crisis. And it's kind of like, well, you know what? The, 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 it's, not, it's not. These people, I would argue, they're not, there's nothing mentally ill about them at all. It's like, boy, I, I can steal this. I can go in, smash and grab a product purse from Nordstrom, and no one cares. And no one's going to do anything to me. That's not mentally ill. Uh, we're Robert the mentally Kunis. ill ones. We're the ones who are crazy, right? It's like, who's a crazy person letting this happen to them? I read a tweet, and it's just so true. It was saying that um, um, so you could be an illegal alien, go into a uh, um, defecate on the sidewalk in San Francisco, <laughs> walk, into, off. walk into Walgreens, steal $900 worth of stuff, come out, go up the street, go into a safe injection site and, and, and shoot up heroin. And none of that is illegal anymore. But if you go into Chili's without a mask, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be arrested and thrown against the wall. I mean, again, so Beth McCain, it's like, no, the criminals are not the crazy ones. We are. So who's running for El Paso County Sheriff this time? Well, that's, that's a great question. There's four people that are running, two legitimate. Well, actually, there's really only one legitimate candidate, which is the current undersheriff, um, Joe Royball. Um who's worked there his entire career. So, so he's actually a cop. There's someone else running. That's the head of security at the Broadmoor that um, worked for the sheriff's office for 18 months and quit. (laughs) Now he's wanting to run as the sheriff, as the head of the security being backed by the owner of the Broadmoor and the Gazette, which is kind of an interesting. Who would that be? Who would that be? I don't know. Are you guys fans of the owner of the Gazette? (laughs) But, but um, I, I will tell you, um, I'm staying out of it because I, I just, I'm so disappointed. And obviously, you know, my, my views of the current sheriff, I, I think he's a complete imbecile. Um, and we need, my only goal is for sheriff of El Paso County. I want somebody honorable to get in there and fix the corruption that's in there. And, and I could talk about, that's a whole different um, right. conversation, but I just want whoever the next sheriff is to fix what Bill, Bill Elder is the most corrupt sheriff ever. Right. He had he he got millions of dollars more to put more boots on the ground 
to put more deputies on the street, which is what we need. El Paso County is supposed to be a law-abiding county because we have good law enforcement down here. There's actually less cops now than there was seven years ago before he took office. I mean, he's just, to me, law enforcement is very simple. Cops. You put cops on the street, you get them out there, and they interact with the community and good things are going to happen. Well, and to go back to where, well, but it goes back to it, how you started out explaining it, everything gets broken when, when you have a judicial system that is letting the bad guys out of jail over and over and over again, it, it doesn't take the bad guys very long to figure that out, nor does it take the on the fence, bad guys very long to say, well, why don't I be a bad guy? I don't see They're opportunists. They, right. I mean, if you're not going to keep them in jail, you're not going to hold them accountable. Why should I go to work and, and make maybe that, that whole infamous $15 an hour, which is now a joke. Right. Is, I can make $15 an hour at McDonald's or I can go steal a bag and make 300 bucks in two minutes. Right. You know, they're opportunists and you have to hold people accountable. I mean, there, there's just this basic foundation of holding people accountable. Um, you don't give out free stuff. I mean, right. I, I'm so disgusted in the government giving out checks every month. I, I mean, For, yeah, you're and, promoting and, people to not work and make babies. Right. I, I mean, right. Well, and then, then we'll kill the babies. That's a whole other. But you're right, though. And so then that breaks down. And then you have, um, you know, I can see where then if you're a cop and that's just say to the cops that do want to do the job. I could see, you'd be like, what's the point? I mean, no, this no was point. like years and years ago, I'm going to tell a quick story. We did a, a I was working with a photographer and this is many years ago. They were selling heroin, open air heroin dealing, like right by the, uh, a rescue mission sort of like down in downtown denver right? right i mean we would go with our cameras it wasn't even hard they sell that heroin a black tar heroin in little balloons and they would yep. kind of keep it in their mouth and the cops and there was this one guy i forget his name um but he was here illegally and we were there when they arrested him right and this was back when they actually deported people oh so they deported him and a couple of weeks later we'd be doing a follow-up story he was back <laughs> He was back on the street. Well, no, not yet. He was back on the street. They arrest him again. About a month later, we're there. Now he recognizes us. He's arrested again. And he's going, Julie, Jim, the photographer. And it's like- See you next month. See you next month. Um, (laughs) But but, which was insanity. But it's been going on for a long time. And and it's completely broken now. And the only people who actually go to jail anymore are are, are, the the Kyle Rittenhouses. Well, cops. cops. Cops, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's Kim yeah. Potter who, who actually makes a mistake trying to do the right thing. A lifelong law enforcement officer makes a mistake in a critical moment. And, and by God, we're going to hold her accountable and send her to prison for many, many years. Yeah. But if you're going to go out and commit a second degree murder, we'll put you out on a PR bond. I like those guys with the, who went into the Capitol, right? Who've been, there was, the oh. best, I mean, it's all misdemeanors. They've been in jail since January. For trespassing. Right? I mean, yeah, if they had just, you know, murdered somebody and done some smash and grabbing on the, I don't know, maybe they should have smashed up the Capitol, then it maybe would have counted. Well, how do you, to me, I think people are starting to wake up this. I mean, like I said, we've been talking about this for years, but now a lot of people are talking about it. Um, although I don't know that they're going to do anything. I, I, I mean, it, it takes, it's, it's going to take a, a lot, I think, to get people to, to, to say, okay, no, you, you do not get a PR bond. You've murdered three people last week. You murdered another one today. You're not getting out there on a PR bond. Well, and, and, you know, and that's, to me, one of the biggest issues, and again, we're just talking as opposed to making a difference, is right. we're not supporting our law enforcement and the cops don't care anymore. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no reason to, to dive in and try to get involved in a tricky situation because you're thinking, am I going to get sued? And in the state of Colorado, if I don't handle it perfectly, they could yes. sue me, my family or whatever. Uh, you know, th- they had a cop up in Loveland who um, did inappropriately yeah. the shoulder uh, of an individual. And they were all saying, an individual, you know, a poor old woman, a poor old Come woman. I, and I, I get it. And, 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 I was dumbfounded as well, but the point is they wanted to hold him in jail and got mad when he got out like on a five or $10,000 bond and they're cutting other people loose on PR bonds. So to me, it's all about the hypocrisy. And I say this all the time. It's about the hypocrisy. If you want to hold everybody accountable for God's sakes, I'm with you. 
Let's hold everybody accountable because I know that there's corrupt DAs. I know there's corrupt cops. I know there's cases that go in front of judges that never should be in front of judges. I, I get this. I don't like the grand jury system. So there, there's definitely things that need to be reformed. And I'm definitely against absolute immunity. I'm totally against that. Um, it's totally abused by the system. But what are we going to do about it? We got to elect officials who I want to say are like Donald Trump from the standpoint of, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You elect me and then I do it. And, and we do a judicial reform and we do well, hold cops. The other thing I think we do is we vote for judges. We need to get Matt Arnold back in the show. I mean, we elect judges. Yes. I think that one thing we can do is start shining some light on who the judges just are vote releasing. No. Yeah, just vote no. Not. And this is, this is my point of view. And, and I work with judges all the time. You know, definitely when I was a detective, my default vote is no. Yes. Yeah. That, that's my default. And, okay. Unless you can really impress me. Because I think judges should be term limited as well. Right, this, right. You know, so it, once you get it become a, a county or a district judge, it shouldn't be for life. Because right. this renewal process is a joke. People just automatically do it. Hey, yeah, listen, yeah, we've, we've run out of time. I want to let folks know, Mark, you're going to be filling in for us next Friday. Thank you very much for that. And you wanted yep. to talk about, among other things, and we could we, we can't go into it now. But what the heck is? Why does Congress have subpoena power? Why is Congress right? And I'm, <laughs> I'm I want to talk about that next Friday when you're not here to, to talk about the fact. I think they're violating our Fourth Amendment rights, and there, there's some things. I don't know if I'm going to get into it. There's two things called tower dumps and geofences. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Yes. I'm actually giving a presentation tomorrow in Monument, Colorado, at the Kiwanis Club, where I'm going to be talking oh, about these two things. Great. Super. Right now, this is being debated. I think I have a couple minutes. It, it, it's being debated in, a, in a, the Massachusetts Supreme Court and some other places on whether that's a violation. They used this huge on January 6th, the FBI, yeah, yeah. and they obtained all of this data on individuals who just happened to be near the Capitol right. or, right. or no whatever. Cause and, at all. And, and the FBI has to use probable cause to write their warrants. But then, you, then you get the Congress who can write these subpoenas, they have subpoena power, and it's not supported by probable cause, which is right in the Fourth Amendment. So that's that's interesting. And I think by next Friday, the Kim Potter case is, is going to be wrapped up. Oh. I think the jury's going to get it on Monday or Tuesday. I want to talk about that because obviously as a law enforcement officer or retired law enforcement, and I've been watching most of that trial. Ah, Very interesting. I'm hoping I can get John St. Augustine. He has to work. It's Christmas Eve, for goodness sake. I know, thank so, you. <laughs> so don't don't spend your time at home with your families at 3 p.m. next Friday. <laughs> spend it on the Chuck and Julie show. You can, you yeah, can we're we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. All right, perfect, Mike. And we sure, we sure appreciate Everybody says yes. So, all right. Hey, listen, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you to everybody on Zoom. Thank you to Dave Williams. Go to um, DaveforColorado.com. Thanks to the great guys at BBS. Um, On Monday, we're going to be talking about a lawsuit that Ron Hanks um, has filed against the Colorado Secretary of State. So some interesting information coming out on that. Um, And thank you to everybody on Zoom. Um, And CheckandJulie.com is a place to go to catch all of the podcasts. Um, And we'll see you on Monday. Well, we've had an incredible discussion in our chat board um, that I want to get to Monday because a lot of people brought up some really interesting points, including Donna. Colorado uh, politics. Colorado GOP politics. And I was reading that along and listening to to our great guests, but th- those comments are tremendous, and I think we really need to get to them and, and discuss them because I think they're important. They're important. We will do that too. So, All right, everybody, take care. Party Friday. Party out there. <laughs>